and welcome to episode 206 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I'm James, joined just by Ryan this week. Uh, Paul, as always, traveling, uh, kind of cutting it close uh, tonight. So we're just going to jump in and do this without him on a Sunday night. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. The Brewers are going back to the playoffs, obviously. Uh, but we're going to find something to get mad about. Apparently, they can't beat the Detroit Tigers or the Kansas City Royals this year. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But Ryan, how how you doing? How's your weekend been? Good. It went to my first wedding since uh, the world ended. And that was okay. nice. This was a couple that had had their wedding delayed a couple times by the pandemic. So they finally got to do it. And it was nice. It was a, a smallish affair on the uh, the east side of Milwaukee over at the, the Pizza Man on Downer. So nice. that was that was nice. Enjoyed it. Awesome. Always nice to kind of maybe dip your toe back into society with something like that instead of just jumping straight in. But yeah, that, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I'm planning to actually I haven't gone to a Brewers game yet this year, so I am going to the very last regular season game. Uh, Ryan Bronde, I had to go. So that, uh, that's yes. in the okay. plan for for uh, next weekend. So looking forward to that. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk all things Ryan Braun and and stuff on on next week's episode. We'll be all in the reminiscing mood and it'll be the end of the season. And yeah, I just realized there was nothing on the rundown about Ryan Braun, was there? No, no. Mm, Uh, Okay, we could could talk about it. We'll wait for Paul. That's fine. I mean, it's not a he he retired, but he wasn't playing anyway. So like, right. When we do this, it probably does make more sense to do it next week once things are all wrapped up and. We can devote more time and effort to a a full reminiscence of Ryan Braun's career. I'll never forget the time that uh, Doug Melvin offered to give him a deputy badge. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We'll have to, like, go through Andy Schaff's full list of uh, Ryan Braun's greatest hits, you know, Mm -hmm. so uh, that. The, the time he uh, swung a knock Gene Segura out in the back in the dugout with the bat. Remedies, yeah, yes. Oh God, remedies, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be really nostalgic uh, after after seeing some of that stuff next Sunday. But uh, in the meantime, this week, let's kick things off as always. A reminder, you can help us support our podcast by becoming a patron. That's at patreon.com slash mke tailgate. Two bucks a month, you get that question priority here on the podcast. We got a, a good amount here this week as the Brewers clinched a playoff spot. So a lot looking forward to that. Uh, and next week would be a good time to sign up too, just as like your your season ending retrospective as and as we look ahead to the playoffs as well. So two bucks a month, you get that question priority. Five bucks, you also get that minor league extra podcast with Ryan and James Anderson. You also get that question priority and reporting as eligible mini pods from Paul on the Packers side of things too. Uh, so it, we'll see how the Packers bounce back <laughs> after week one. We've got the extra day here to uh, kind of, you know, laugh at the Vikings missing another game clinching field goal, that kind of thing. And don't, don't forget to laugh at Paul Allen. Pauling it as good. And it was very much not good. And actually it was great just listening to that. So, uh, yeah, we at least get a little bit of schadenfreude in today before, you know, things are bad again on Monday night. But uh, Paul and the gang will break all of that down on reporting as eligible uh, this upcoming week. On the Brewers side of things, though, as we mentioned, Brewers playoff bound fourth straight year. 
that's extending a franchise record, I guess, if you want to include last year's kind of asterisk playoff appearance. You know, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about running with the fourth straight year thing, but hey, y- you know, this is probably one of the more uh, successful runs the Brewers have ever been on. And it was extra sweet to kind of clinch a playoff spot with that exciting win over the Cubs on Saturday night. Uh, they lost, of course, on Sunday, but they'll still probably clinch the NL Central sometime in the next couple of days here, especially playing the Cardinals. So, you know, a, a lot of good going on, but I kind of joked that, you know, they lost another couple of games to the Detroit Tigers, the kind of dregs of the AL Central getting them again. And, uh, y- you know, it, it's just kind of weird that the Brewers have kind of been on this great run since really the end of May, but still a lot of people freaking out about two really meaningless games against the Tigers earlier this week, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, and it's not just that. It's the fact that they're so terrible against the NL Central in general and the NL Central or the NL Central, Central. the AL Central (laughs) and the AL Central is like, to be fair, completely hot garbage. But uh, the only team that they have a winning record against this year is the White Sox, who will be the only playoff team from the division, of course. They went 2-1 and one against the White Sox, but against everybody else, Detroit, they're 1-3, Kansas City 0-4. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. They swept Cleveland. Uh, oh, yep, you're right. They did sweep Cleveland. Okay, but, but yeah, that's that about was... It. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah, 2-4 and four against the Twins. Like, they really were bad against the AL Central, and the AL Central's bad, and... I don't know, like maybe maybe you are right about this and maybe it is just that they aren't taking <laughs> they those games care. seriously. Yeah, like they don't no, it's fine. They don't really mean anything to them. I think that that would make a perfect amount of sense. There's also some like some circumstance stuff going in here because like sure. those two games that they lost against the Royals right after well bef- the day before or the day of and the day after the Bucks <laughs> won the title. Right. I mean exactly. There was a lot going on there that they uh didn't necessarily have their heads completely in the game in a completely understandable human way. Because honestly, I think this it's one of those things that drives people nuts. But if you think about it, 162 games, it's impossible for everybody to be at their best every game over 162. Like you're just that that will not happen. Uh, Attention, you know, will will sometimes be elevated and will sometimes wane. And you're just going to have (laughs) ups and downs and it is just part of the deal with baseball. You know, the, the old adage about everybody's going to win 60 and everybody's going to lose 60. Well, the Orioles are testing that, but it, it's generally <laughs> about true. You know, everybody wins about 60. Yeah. Everybody loses about 60. And the argument is really over, you know, that middle, like, 45, 50 games or whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it it is just one of those things. And I definitely would not read anything into it other than it's just weird. Like, and, you know, it's baseball, so shit like this happens. Yeah, I I struggle to care much about the games, period. I mean, I think I could forgive the, the, the team if they didn't necessarily care too much about a midweek two-gamer in Detroit, you know, <laughs> when they're kind of just still lining things up for the playoffs and trying to get everybody healthy. So At, Right after going to Cleveland and sweeping 
that team, like, yeah, honestly, probably a better team. And maybe the Tigers may actually be a little bit better team at this point. The Tigers are they're sneaky good now. Like they're the offense is just below the AL league average. And that pitching mm-hmm. staff has a number of good young arms in it. They might be good faster than we're thinking they're going to be good. I wouldn't say necessarily they're like a playoff team next year, but if they mm-hmm. were to spend some money, they could definitely get themselves into that conversation as soon as next year, I think. So it, it's just sort of a question yeah. of how quickly they want to try to push their chips into the middle of the table. Uh, they'll probably be much more cautious now that the uh, the ones that uh, made it have passed and left this uh, earthly coil. And it's the, the ones that uh, inherited it that are running the team now that tends mm-hmm. to change the uh, level of aggression somewhat. Sure. As we've seen with uh, the Yankees post uh, Big George. Yeah. With Hal and Hank. So. But, yeah, you never know. We'll see. Right. Especially that division is going to be there for the taking, too. You know, you're not really seeing. Though you'd figure the White Sox are going to be good for the foreseeable yeah, future. Probably that's true. this is not like the peak of what we're going to see out of the White Sox in all probability. Right. But I, I guess I should say there's there's a playoff spot to be had out of that division just by being up on the other teams more likely. You know, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, the 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 meat grinder that is the AL East. Have you seen what the Blue Jays have been up to? Like they are just not losing to anybody. It's insane. No. They're no, just yeah, absolutely it's... pummeling. Like they they had a, a game where they scored uh twenty two runs in a doubleheader and it was eleven in each game, and you're just like, Yeah, I that that lineup will just pummel you and they have a bunch of good pitching now too. I was I was unaware that Robbie Ray was this good, and apparently he's <laughs> gonna win the AL Cy Young, so yeah, good on him. And hey, there's another guy that the Brewers were after. Remember how much uh, I was going to say, didn't we kind of like uh, at least somewhat tongue in, tongue in cheek kind of be like, oh, man, they missed out on Robbie Ray. Well, no, it was and, rumored like there was. Yeah, it was. He was one of those guys, along with Gaussman, who it was always rumored that uh, that the Brewers had interest in. And you could see why, like they obviously were able to unlock something in him that other teams here two four had not like the, the diamondbacks just hadn't figured out how to make him uh throw strikes and now he, that's all he does is throw strikes so <laughs> it's it's wild yeah yeah but uh i guess enough about the the bad part of the week let's talk about the good they <laughs> brewers also uh you know kind of kept their win streak going against the cubs through the first couple of games of the weekend at least uh and uh you know, before kind of coming up short on Sunday. But again, hard to be upset with what they end up with, a 17 or something wins against the Cubs this year. It, it, it's Or 15 or something like that. It's some absurd record. Um, yeah, they ended up 15 not. and 4. 15 and 4. There you yep. go. Uh, so, you know, that's pretty okay. Uh, I'm not going to worry too much about that last Sunday game going the Cubs way. Uh, but, you know, it, it it does set up a really uh, big series against the Cardinals. And obviously the Brewers, as Ned Yost would say, the, the map is still on their side, right? It's going to take a lot. To, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, Brewers come on. Like win the Central at least sometime in this next week. So they have two weeks of the season left and yeah. the magic number is three. So, yeah, I mean, it, come on, it's going like, to happen. It's, gonna gonna happen. Happen. it's just, yeah, it, it would be nice if they would get it taken care of right away. But mm-hmm. 
because they could go dormy if they beat the the Cardinals tomorrow night, and I'll be in the house for that. So that would be nice. <laughs> Getting ready for those Ryder Cup terms, James. Do you know dormy? Are you a, a golf? No, I am not a. I'm not a golf fan either. So yeah, so dormy in match play golf is when uh, one side can no longer win, but they can still tie the match. So they could still have the match and take like half a point on it, but they can okay. no longer they can no longer win it. So getting to one with the magic number is basically your dormy. It's a, it's a Scottish go. term, I believe. Ah, and that's where the the more you know thing goes above. Yeah. That. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. I love it. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I guess uh, this is going to give us plenty of time over the next couple of weeks to kind of get all introspective and and really think about the big picture things. But, you know, playoffs four years in a row, obviously never been done in franchise history. And Ryan, I know you like the old timey teams a little bit better or tend to like favor them in these arguments but is this kind of the most successful stretch of baseball and brewers history so i would say this has the potential to be it but they still are going to have to do it next year so because when people talk about the brewers of the the last great run of brewers teams that team from 82 right Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's talked about is you know the 82 team which was the culmination of that run but really uh, that was a five-year run where they were incredibly good. And just looking at winning percentages, because we do have a partial season in there, just like we have a yeah. partial season in in with 2020 being shortened. Uh, if you look at the the winning percentages of those years, uh, 596 in 78, um, or I'm sorry, 574, 590, 531, 569, 586 in 82 before they dropped to 537 and then had some really down years in the 400s after that. But yeah, if you look at at that, they still need to they'll need to have a good season in 2022, you know. Hopefully we have a season in 2022. Uh they'll need to have a good one to to really match that run, but it's definitely within the they have put it in play by what they've done uh especially in 19 or sorry, in 2018 and this year mm-hmm. they've put it in play that this could eclipse that as the best, say, five-year run in franchise history, especially if they finally are able to do something in the postseason. Though I kind of prefer to leave that aside because... I was going to ask, because for a lot of people, that's going to be part of the equation, right, of ever matching up to the 82 team or that run. Yeah, and I mean, look, the Brewers had to win a five-game series to go to the World Series that year. Mm-hmm. They had to they had to put up the record they did in the regular season and beat out you know a, a close race down to the to the end there in eighty two, but once they were in the playoffs they had to win a five game series and they you know they they did but they they kind of squeaked through and whatever. They're going to have to to make it through to the World Series this time. They're going to have to win a five game series then a seven game series. So mm-hmm. there's an extra layer there. And an extra, you know, level of complication. And they aren't what you would consider. I guess you can, I think you can make a case that they're the best team in the National League this year. I think you, they're definitely in the conversation for it. And what's largely going to determine that, I think, in the the minds of, you know, people coming down through history is what happens in the playoffs. And that's, in this case, I think that's actually fair because these teams are close enough. The Dodgers, Brewers, and Giants, any one of them can legitimately claim to be the best team in the National League this year, I think. And 
even if like say the Braves end up running through and and doing the thing and going to the World Series and even winning it they I, they still won't be able to claim they were really the best team in the NL this year they just got hot at the right time mm-hmm. so what what is going to determine that though it, between the Brewers Dodgers and Giants is probably what happens in the playoffs I think that's probably fair yeah and we do have a question about that coming up here uh, but first I kind of want to pick your brain was there a point this season where you kind of doubted that this was a playoff team at all or just kind of felt like this window was sort of closing because i know you're you're kind of tend to be more preemptive with the rebuilding or at least the prospect building aspect of it so was there a point this year where you're kind of just like trade it all away pack it in oh no 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 nothing even close to that there was a point when i wondered if the offense was going to really find a way to get going because they were so bad through those first couple months of the season. Yeah. Mid-Bay was just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we really, at that point, you were looking at it going, oh, is this team ever going to figure it out? And it turns out that a lot of the players that were already on that team were going to play a lot better through the rest of the season. Your mm-hmm. Urias's and uh, your Avisels Garcia, like mm-hmm. those guys were going to have much better runs through the rest of the season. And then some new guys were going to come in and do really amazing things. Adamus, obviously, and Rowdy Tellez has had his moments. So the offense was going to get better. It just was never clear that it was going to turn into what really I think they said on the broadcast on Sunday today that the Brewers since the beginning of June have been the third best offense in baseball. And that you know, that coming after what we saw in April and May definitely is a surprise. Like, I wasn't expecting it to get that good. So, yeah. But there was never a point where it was like, oh, they need to tear it down or any anything even close to that. Usually, I'm I'm pretty reticent about doing that (laughs) when things are going well. Now, that doesn't mean that I won't advocate, as I just was on Twitter a few minutes before we started here, for (laughs) potentially making some changes with the rotation and using some of our surplus talent that we have there. But there's plenty of off-season to talk about that. So, well, let's not get into that right now. That's that's no. a, a an unhappy thought for another day, but it's really not that unhappy. It's a good idea. You don't want to talk about how you want to trade Corbin Burns after he wins the Cy Young? I don't think I want to trade Corbin Burns. I think it's Woodruff, <laughs> even though I really like Woodruff. But uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, well, well, there's we'll, a whole we'll, off-season we'll, we'll for that. that later. Yeah. <laughs> And a whole 2022 with no baseball. So oh, James, we bite your tongue. Here. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess one last thing before we get to Patreon questions. And I just threw this in because, again, this is sort of a Twitter topic of conversation, too. And just kind of, you know, this time of year, we start thinking about awards, that kind of thing. Uh, so basically, the one that's seemingly gotten away from the Brewers a couple of times already how will Craig Council get screwed out of manager of the year this time, Ryan? Well, I mean, we know exactly how this is going to happen. Gabe Kapler is going to win this award. There's no <laughs> doubt in anybody's mind about that. And yeah. it's on one hand absurd because Gabe Kapler just got fired by the Phillies and, you know, it like got yeah the, the Philly media was all over him for being a weirdo. And then he went to San Francisco and we were kind of joking like, well, I guess if you're going to be a weirdo. Go to San Francisco. They'll love it. They'll eat it up, mm-hmm. which it really has worked out. But actually, what's happened is the Giants have hired every person who can possibly coach baseball in any way, shape or form and have hired like, do you realize they have like 20 coaches? 
<laughs> they like they only they can, went all in on the player development thing. Right. Yeah. You can only dress a certain number of these people for a game, but they literally have like twenty coaches, including uh MLB's first female coach. I believe she's mm-hmm. coaching hitting on some of them. Yeah. The Brewers actually also have a coach, but she's down in the minors mm-hmm. uh as a hitting coordinator. So anyway, the Giants basically if you want to say that this is like a coaching staff award. I have no problem saying give it to the Giants because, I mean, what they've done is it, it is uh, David Stern's 2018 level amazingness. You know, David Stern slash Craig Council 2018 level amazingness where you've just spun straw into gold not once, not twice, but like 40 times. Mm-hmm. And so I have no problem saying that's okay, but like you look at it and you go, yet again, Craig Council is somehow not going to win the, the right. NL Manager of the Year award. Yeah. And like, what does he have to do? Because at this point now, it's like, well, he has a good team. He's just a good coach. He, there's there's never a surprise when the Brewers are good. So now he can't win it just because he's just too good. And I, for a while there, I was thinking maybe, maybe if the Brewers could get to like 105 wins or something. But that possibility has gone off with, you know, mm. not that they've been bad down the stretch, but, you know, you lose a couple to the Tigers and drop a game <laughs> like you did against the Cubs on Sunday. You know, those things add up and it keeps you from maxing out your wins. So, yeah, they're they're probably not going to get to 100 at this point. And so and Gabe Kapler is going to have more wins than Craig Council this year. So you can't argue with it that much, but it's just, mm-hmm. it is so absurd that he doesn't have one yet. And such luminaries as Brian Snitker and uh, <laughs> Mike Schilt, Mike Schilt have manager of the year awards. And yeah, that's just terrible. Yeah. Horrible. And Schilt might get fired soon. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just, well, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just really bad. He but. is, but like now the Cardinals are saving his job. So, in the most annoying way possible. Yeah. Y- y'all want to doubt the devil magic. Oh, hey. let's get to that eventually. Cause I, <laughs> well, I'm going to yell yeah. at you with our listener in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. I, I think you're right that it'll probably be Gabe Kapler because the giants are going to end up with one of the two best records in baseball, even if they end up in a wild card game. Uh, but again, the, the thing with that award too is, a, you have to take over a team that really sucks, and then you have to win more than expected. And, you know, I I think it was our good friend John Judge on Twitter today basically saying it, the award is basically the media saying, yeah, we screwed up on this team earlier in the mm-hmm. year, and we're making up for it now. That is right? what because, it is, 100%. Yeah, because nobody expected the Giants to do much of anything, right? I mean, even when we're doing our previews, too, it's, oh, they're old. Pitching's questionable, eh, whatever. And then they go on the season long run. I believe so. I may have picked Arizona ahead of them, honestly. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, this one I feel like is at least more defensible, or I won't be as mad <laughs> as Mike freaking Schilt taking over the Cardinals and winning with mm. uh, basically doing nothing. So, mm-hmm. We'll see how it plays out, though. But I I do think it's at least generally regarded across the industry that Craig Council is one of the better managers out there, even if he doesn't have the stupid trophy. So I agree. There's at least that. All right. Uh, As we mentioned at the top, plenty of Patreon questions to get to. 
you can always sign up to become a patron. That's at patreon.com slash MKE tailgate. Our first question this week comes from who else? Jay Google. Uh, with uh, coming off another series win against the Cubs, Jay's question here is, how great is it to tear the heart out of the Cubs fans all the time, Ryan? I mean, it is good. I, I will never get tired of beating the Cubs. That never gets old, just like beating <laughs> the uh, the Cardinals never gets old. Like Those mm-hmm. things will stay evergreen in my mind. But, you know, the Cubs are also kind of like half... Uh, tuned out at this point i think they all care much more about what's going on with justin fields than whatever i didn't get to a game this weekend so i did not get to personally see like what level of i I did hear that the cubs fans were somewhat obnoxious when they came back on sunday afternoon and in kind of a like guys look at the standings way (laughs) but i mean i so i don't know exactly how much that can even matter with them just kind of showing up and whatever is it's it's good that uh there were probably a bunch of cheap tickets available for brewers fans to go Mm -hmm. so that's a positive right exactly yeah i was gonna say like today especially the brewers game going on at the same time that uh justin fields happens to be taken over at quarterback for the bears so i feel like a lot of chicago sports fans probably way more preoccupied with that at this point and also just the Cubs fans that i know too have kind of been not checked out but just kind of resigned to the Cubs sucking again since the trade deadline right when mm-hmm. with all the fun players getting traded away you know and it, it's not like there's an uber prospect up to kind of take their attention no right but we either. did get to show them what they're missing last night with uh, Pablo Reyes's slide that was kind of awesome <laughs> like go. that was yeah, some hobby was like, magic for them yeah El El Mago that was slide that yeah that was that was impressive and almost makes you want to take back all the bad things i've said about pablo reyes in the past but he still can't hit so that's fine but uh no yeah that was that was a lot of fun too but um yeah man 15 and 4 i don't know if the brewers are gonna beat that one for a while too that's that's some like early 2000s brewers versus pirates stuff right or whatever that run was where the brewers yeah they were 14 won, like, and 5 30, against 30. the pirates so they did well yeah. against the pirates they they did beat up on those teams uh 10 and 9 against cincinnati so yeah. that one they just they eked out a a win in that series which is fine cincinnati was a, a solid enough team at least through the time they were playing them they didn't get to in, you know partake in the downfall of cincinnati that's uh no. that's happened lately but still a lot left to go with the cardinals they currently are 7 and 5 against the cards but have seven games remaining. So we right. will see what uh, what is left to be written with those coming up. Yeah, and I guess with those seven games remaining kind of leads us to our next Patreon question from Mike Chamernick. Mike's asking, how crazy am I to still be worried about clinching the division? I know the magic number is three, but I'm petrified that the Cardinals might never lose again. And Ryan, as you mentioned, seven head-to-head games. They're still... There's still time to make up a lot of ground here, although that margin of error is very slim for the Cardinals. I mean, they're not the Cardinals are not <laughs> catching the Brewers for God's sake. Like, no, <laughs> this is just not happening. Like you, you realize they have to win one of seven games against the Cardinals <laughs> and it goes to a playoff. And that's if the Cardinals yeah. win every other game and the Brewers lose every other game. Yep. It is. Yeah, no. It is. There's going to be some combination of three 
Cardinals losses and Brewers wins in the next two weeks. Yes. So <laughs> relax. It's fine. We we need to get over this devil magic thing, which let's get to that because yeah. I, I also want to partake in this lecture of James. All right. In my defense, <laughs> my concern is more just letting the Cardinals in the tournament at all. But with that said, uh, we will get to Jason Elbert, uh, who I think maybe sent this one just after we recorded last week, but it's still uh, pretty applicable now, especially as we had in these last couple of weeks here. Jason says, this isn't so much a question, but I've been a patron for years and never asked a question, so I'm sending it in anyway. Uh, you guys, okay, James really, ha- really have to let the Cardinals devil magic go. Be free of your fears. If it preach, ever brother, existed, preach. If it ever existed, it was banished into the pits of hell on September 26, 2018, when the Brewers absolutely, positively couldn't lose, and Adalas Garcia tripped and fell on that easy score in the eighth inning of a 2-1 to game, where he was then thrown out by Hernan freaking Perez. The crew also swept that series, obviously, to rip the card's guts out and kill whatever faint wildcard hopes they had. Hernan in St. Louis on national TV Devil magic is done, exercised. We did it. Amen. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. I'm doing the the Bart Simpson waving back and forth, hands in the air there. Yeah. Um, yes. And that game stands out in my memory. We were uh, had just recorded an episode, Steve and I and, and uh, JP, and we were still hanging out in Steve's basement watching the end of that game. And we were watching it with, uh, with Steve's, at the time, probably five-year-old ish and uh he got into it so that was that was cool he actually like he's kind of into baseball but he's not quite there yet so but i think he will be but yeah that one that one was uh a definite moment in killing the cardinals devil magic and i will play the role of paul here since he's not here (laughs) a big part of the fear of the cardinals was they're so much better or they used to be so much better run than everybody else okay and that just isn't true anymore, and I don't think it's necessarily because, like, Moseliak sucks now. I think Moseliak is still a pretty no. good uh, GM. I think he, he runs that team pretty well. They're still a pretty smart organization. And, like, look, they conned the Rockies into giving them Nolan Arenado and, like, 50 million bucks along with him for right. no discernible reason. So, like, they still know what they're doing, but I think that what's happened is everybody else has like caught up to and in many cases surpassed them. You know, the Brewers now have a a front office operation and coaching operation that I'd put up against anybody's in the game. And the Cardinals just don't seem to quite be that way anymore, though. They always have guys in the pipeline. There's always Cardinals prospects. It's one of those things there. They never really fall down to the bottom of the prospect standings. And even when they do, like the last time I really remember that they did was like around 2010, 2011. And if you go back and look, turns out there were a lot of really good players in the system at that time for the Cardinals that people were just not recognizing as being that good. Like Mm -hmm. Lance Lynn was in the the organization at the time and Matt Carpenter was in the organization. A bunch of other guys who were part of those good Cardinals teams in 2011 through 2014 or whatever it was. So Mm -hmm. they had... Like they've always had like a farm system operation going, and I I don't expect that to just completely dry up and go away. But the Cardinals aren't as scary as they used to be, and that's mostly just because everybody else is getting smarter, and the Cardinals don't seem to have continued getting smarter the same way. Granted, they didn't have nearly as far to go as 
say the Brewers did, but you know, it it's just one of those things where the the reason to be afraid of the Cardinals was <laughs> because they just were better run than everybody, and that's not true anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever read uh, the excellent book about how the Astros were kind of built, Astro Ball by Ben Ryder, uh, he kind of goes into how that Astros brain trust really got started in St. Louis under John uh, Mosleyak there, and how they were really the ones to kind of develop that that minor league system with the under the radar drafts and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is really, you know, where that devil magic was born out of, right. It it was like the mid to late round picks that everybody else had slept on, but they had their own projection systems, which then they took to Houston and did that there. And they've sent scattered to Baltimore, that kind of thing. But uh, that was really the root of a lot of it. And, you know, coincidentally, they haven't quite had that same level of success in the draft and finding those diamonds in the rough, the, you know, under the radar guys that really annoyed the shit out of us as Brewers fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Alan Craig, you know, go to hell. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's no more Alan Craig's of the world or, you know, Lance Lynn suddenly coming out of nowhere and you sort of seemingly being, you know, middling stuff, but always getting good results and built on good defense and that kind of thing. So, no, now it's the Brewers have Aaron Ashby come up, and everybody's going, wait, like this guy was a prospect. People knew who he was, but yeah. he wasn't supposed to be just like this lights out, shut down guy. Turns out that the the prospecting community was probably a little low on him. And yeah. that was the Cardinals did that ad nauseum, like mm-hmm. rinse and repeat over and over and over for a while there. And now you see the Brewers doing it. And you probably will will do it again in the the near future here. So, yeah. So I will say, yeah, some of that cardinal pixie dust or whatever has kind of washed off it's because now we're basically a generation of players removed from that kind of shift in the Cardinals front office too. So, you know, we're we're really kind of seeing that results where they're much more reliant on those free agents and and uh, big trades and that kind of thing to try to keep things going. And it it got to the point where they just didn't really have the the stock to make some of these trades. You know, I well, it didn't matter that, when they got Nolan Arenado though. Like they're still able true. to pull that garbage off. And that goes back. Like right. this has been a Cardinals thing for a long time. They got Mark McGuire for a song. They got uh, uh, Scott Rowland for a song. I mean, they they would trade for guys and for some reason when they were a depressed asset, just like Nolan Arenado. This was a very classic. Mm-hmm move on their part goldschmidt yep yep goldschmidt yep that too they they're able to move on these guys when they're like a depressed asset and then just go to town on it and it's that part is still there and it's still annoying and that has probably more to do with players wanting to go play for the cardinals than anything Mm -hmm. else and that you know they players can still facilitate some of that to make that work Right. I guess I was more talking about, you know, you saw those columns pop up in the middle of the year about how the Cardinals could have traded for Willie Adamas and didn't. And they sat on their hands and their shortstop sucks and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, the Cardinals, if they really wanted to make a run and make this interesting, they would have done more than just traded for friggin' John Lester and Jay Happ at the trade deadline. You know, they had that weird trade deadline, too, where they just they did stuff, but they didn't really get better, you know? Well, apparently they got better enough that they're now 
probably going to be in the playoffs. I mean, that looks like they're going to be in the playoffs. So Right. But I also think part of that is just kind of regression, right? They, they had kind of underperformed the first half of the year and were kind of due to be better. But Sure. And the Padres uh, have fallen apart and Cincinnati has the pixie dust has definitely worn off there. Exactly. Um, so I guess I should say it, when I talk about being worried about the Cardinals being let into the playoffs, it's it's less the superstition thing and more just for them to get there. They've got to be very hot, playing very well at the right time of year. Right. And we have seen that movie before. Exactly. And we've seen it happen enough times. And granted, you know, I, I know the argument. Those are different players generations ago. You know, it, it doesn't really have a bearing on this whole situation, but. Also, in a one-game playoff, a lot crazier things have happened than the Dodgers going down to wild card number two, being the card, you know? So I, I'm just saying don't rule that out. And, you know, if, if the Cardinals do get hot here, you know, momentum's overblown, all that kind of thing. But also, baseball players are superstitious, and they let these things stick in their heads, and then this crap happens again. So that's all I'm going to say. I mean, nobody with this team right now has any like any sort of emotional attachment to yeah. what happened in 2011. That's 100% yeah. the fans, the that's owners, true. like that's I guess us. the manager yeah. a little bit. That's all us. The players, they most of them, until somebody tells them, they probably at this point aren't even aware of it. Now, if it turns out that the Brewers are playing the Cardinals in the NLCS in a month, uh, then they're going to know about it. And people will start talking and telling them about it. But even then, right. it's like to them, that was just, you know, that was a thing that happened when they were a kid. Like they don't give a Ten shit. Ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I exactly. mean, like that doesn't really that doesn't really matter to them in the way that to us it really matters. And there would be a certain like I, I go back and forth about the idea of playing the Cardinals in the NLCS because on one hand, it would be great because that would mean that they knocked out the Dodgers or Giants or and both. Giants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that they took care of those teams and pushed them out of the way for us and gave us a much weaker opponent. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it's still a seven game series and anything can happen in a seven game series and losing to those bastards again <laughs> would be <laughs> soul crushing. It would suck so exactly. much. But. The opposite flip side of that is beating them would be like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to say it's like the Red Sox fans in 2004, like finally mm-hmm. beating the Yankees. But like it would it, it, for Brewers fans, it's as close as we're going to get to that. Right. Like yeah. we have generations because of the 82 World Series thing. And yeah, the fact that we were playing the Cardinals in that and then, the you know, the the ongoing battles with the Cardinals throughout these last 25 years since we switched divisions. Yeah, we we definitely like they are probably our biggest the biggest stumbling block we've had to success in, in the history of the franchise. No no other franchise has done more to deny the Brewers glory than the Cardinals. So beating them in that yeah. situation would be especially sweet. But I still like I don't want to lose to them. My god, I don't want to lose no, to I them. No, I just want to avoid the situation entirely. That's where I'm at too. So I mean, yeah, if it happens, we'll get through it. It's fine. But we will be here for your therapy in the event that that happens. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it is sort of like it would be that much sweeter to get through them on the way. Right. It's like the Packers beating the Bears in the NFC championship game on the way to the Super Bowl. So but -hmm. even that has, you know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. anyway, I I, I agree. I, I I would just rather not. You know, I'm I'm. 
I've seen the Brewers play well against the Giants this year. I know they can beat them. I've seen the Brewers play well against the Dodgers consistently over the last three years. I know they can beat them. <laughs> the Cardinals, though, every game that I've seen this year included has seemingly just been tight and stressful. And yes, that's entirely my own anxiety coming into it. But I'd, I'd rather not do that in October with the the dial turned up to 11. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. All right. Uh, speaking of, I guess, more favored playoff opponents, James Vandenberg, another Patreon question. He's actually got two. He's saying, assuming the Brewers get the two seed, which NL East team would you rather face between the Braves and Phillies? Also, what will Ashby's longest outing in the postseason be? Been working a piggyback role lately, but do you see them limiting him to three to six outs? So I guess first things first, which NL opponent NL East opponent would you rather see, Ryan? It's probably stupid and wrong, but I think the I would rather see the Braves than the Phillies. The Phillies just like if the Phillies do end up making it, it's going to be because they got really hot down the stretch and that offense is problematic. We've seen that offense like slam the Brewers around some this year and like Bryce Harper is going to run away with the NL MVP. I don't know if you are aware of this, but Bryce Harper's <laughs> having like a Mike Trout like vintage level season here, not quite up to the level of his what was it 2015 when he put up the mm-hmm. best season since uh since Barry Bonds. He had like 10 war that year. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, he he had an, an insane year, but yeah, but like Harper and the rest of those guys, they just that lineup seems veterany, and you wouldn't want to get into a bunch of close at bats with them, like grinding you out. And it just, I don't know, that that team just, I know that the pitching can be had, and I know that the Brewers who go to town on bullpens, that is a bullpen you can go to town on, right? I mean, that is just a, a bullpen that is ripe for the picking. But yeah, that offense does just scare me. So. Give me the Braves, I guess. Uh, I don't know. The Brewers are better than both of them by quite a bit, but yeah. that doesn't really matter in a five-game series that much. So, right. I think I'm with you too, and also just adding in the factor. I don't want to be at Citizens Bank Park watching the Brewers when those fans get rowdy and rocking if the Phillies put up a big inning. Whereas Braves fans still largely apathetic in that sterile suburb of a stadium. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I, I'd rather face the Braves. I feel like also the Brewers being a better road team this year. I, I feel better about an Atlanta series than I do with the Phillies. Although you're right with that Phillies bullpen, any any game is still within reach, even if you get down by five or six runs, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that'd be that'd be an entertaining slugfest of a series, but also not good for my blood pressure. Yeah, I mean Wheeler has shut the Brewers down all year. Yeah. Granted, one of those times was when it was still very much a different offense. They, right, they hadn't figured it out yet, but. Wheeler's Wheeler's the real deal. I mean, if it's not Burns for the Cy Young, it's Wheeler, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's who's going to win it. So, you know, it in a series like that, it really can matter because Wheeler would probably pitch Game One and Game Five. So, unless yeah. they, he had to, it is possible that he would have to if they're still fighting it out like to the last day that he they could have to not have him lined up to pitch like that. But mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, how about the second half of James's question here? Uh, Ashby in the postseason. I think we're kind of both on the same page, just assuming he's going to be on that postseason roster in some some shape or form, right? Mm-hmm. And in an important role as yeah. it goes right now. Like they like him, and when when Lorenzo Cain goes out of his way to say dude's got nasty stuff, believe it. You know he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we've kind of mentioned this before, but are you seeing more like the Corbin Burnsy 2018 three to six out situation? Or do you think they maybe piggyback him with that game four starter, whoever they decide to pick for that? Mm. I would say it's more likely we see him for the three to six out sort of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a guy who you're going to try to hold under 50 pitches and then give the next two days at a minimum off. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then you wouldn't necessarily bring him back for an extended run, even if you pitched on that third day, but you could maybe use him again if it was like, Oh, we need to get a, a, you know, a lefty out here or something. So I, I think that it's going to be more that just to keep the utility of him. And it's a lot of, it's going to depend honestly. And we, I, I don't know how much you saw of my poll question this weekend and then the, the ongoing back and forth about it, about which relievers in this bullpen do you trust? I was kind of surprised because I said, so there's four, I picked four relievers who I think are the best guys after Hader and Williams, who to me are obviously a, a cut above. So those guys are a cut above. And then I said, is it, who do you trust most besides that? Boxberger, Ashby, Cousins, or... Who, oh, uh, Suter. Mm-hmm. Those were the four that I threw out there. And Boxberger won in a landslide. He got over 50% of the vote. Mm. And of I was like, I just don't get that, guys. And now, of course, in the last two days, he's given up a bunch of runs and lost a game <laughs> for them and all that. So apparently I cursed him. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I just, I don't think that he's necessarily that good. I And I think that the other thing is, I was talking to a friend about this earlier today, and I think that the answer really is Williams and Hader are guys that the Brewers are going to run out regardless of who's up in those innings. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They think that they can take down anybody. And they're right. right about that because those guys have been phenomenal. I mean, Williams has been otherworldly since that he got off to a slow start this year, and we think it probably had to do with the the injury issue in spring training, but since the, the beginning of June, he's been as good a reliever as there's been in the game. Like, he, he's been phenomenal. So, I guess beyond those guys, I think that it's going to be more matchup-driven. I think that they're going to have done a lot of work that I'm sure they're already doing it on who faces who and, like, what situations you get guys in. And Council will have a list of, of things to look for, and they will try to line up their relievers to get the matchups they want more often than not. And so I think it'll be much more flexible. I don't think we necessarily see a seven, eight, nine where Boxberger gets the seven, no matter what he might get the seven, but it might also be Jake cousins and might also be Aaron Ashby or Suter or one of these other guys getting the seventh inning, depending on the situation. Whereas I think eight and nine, you're going to see Williams hater. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ashby could be really valuable, too, when you look at, you know, that NLDS matchup, whether it's the Braves 
kind of saving him for that late inning Freddie Freeman at bat, or if it's the Phillies, the late inning Bryce Harper at bat, you know, just to kind of use him to neutralize that side too, just because he's been so nasty. Or um, against the Dodgers when you have an inning where, you know, say both, would it be Muncie? Is Muncie a lefty? Yeah. You know, you know like Muncie and somebody else who's a lefty had not even that <laughs> familiar. The, the Dodgers are actually pretty right-handed heavy. I guess it'd be more like the Giants have, oh, they have Brandon Crawford. They have Brandon Belt. Uh, they have a number of lefty bats. Yastrzemski. Like, yeah. they have a number of lefty bats with some pop that you would want to, like, line up Ashby to run through those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could, you know, if they wanted to do the piggyback with Hauser or something, you know, flip them all around and play games with the the lineup and substitutions and all that kind of gamesmanship we've seen with the Brewers and the Dodgers before, too. I think that's also a possibility. So, yeah, that plays out. Uh, Adam Post has another playoff-related question. He's asking, who will be the 2018 Orlando Arcia of the postseason for the Brewers, the player who struggled during the season but comes up clutch during the postseason? And I'm very sad Paul's not here for this question, uh, <laughs> just knowing how he feels about Orlando Arcia. But, Ryan, who's your, I guess, Orlando Arcia, Uni Eski Betancourt Memorial Playoff MVP? Oh, it's got to be Jackie Bradley Jr., right? Oh, yeah. I think like, we're setting for up for that, too. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. there's, like, no... Because, first off, most other players on this team have not had bad offensive years. Like, guys sure. have had not years that they would, like, prefer to remember, and they're much below their standards. Like, we were talking about this before we started recording. Did you know Christian Yelich is not right now in the Brewers' top 12 for baseball reference war? <laughs> His picture has fallen off of the uh, the thing. He has been replaced. Uh, Devin Williams is at 1.5, and he's 12th on the list. And uh, Yelich is at 1.2. So Is it cheating if I pick Yelich then for this? <laughs> Not in I the mean, spirit of the rule, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. But Jackie Bradley Jr. has been absolutely atrocious this year with the bat. There's no getting around that. And, you know, when you're... When your OPS plus for the year is in the 30s, that's bad. That's it's very, very. <laughs> it's extremely bad. It's extremely bad. But it's then you Orlando Arcia bad. So there you go. But then you look at like his overall numbers, and yeah. with the defense figured in, he's actually been an okay player because his defense is that good. And so yeah. the and the the fact of the matter is, if you look at Jackie Bradley Jr.'s entire history coming into this year there's no question that he's a better hitter than this and so unless he just like forgot how to hit magically at the age of <laughs> 31 which generally doesn't happen um you know like chances are good that uh he's going to snap out of this at some point the question is is it going to be this year or is it going to be you know next year when he gets to have a fresh start Sometimes guys, they get to the postseason and it's just like, okay, the the old stats are out now, so I get to start from scratch right. and you're not trying to dig out of a hole anymore. And Jackie Bradley Jr. has been a very good offensive player at various points in his career. And not that long ago, too. 2020, he had a 116 OPS plus. Mm -hmm. it, it's not like ancient history here that he was an above average hitter in the major leagues. So yeah, he he's definitely the guy, and I don't even know who else you'd necessarily pick beyond him. 
I mean, yeah, maybe like a Manny Pena random two home run game or something like that. Or sure, you know, we had like the Eric Kratz phenomenon in in 2018 in Colorado. So maybe something like that. But I think JBJ is definitely the 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 pick for the holy crap! Can't believe that home run actually happened. But oh yeah, and Brewers know. fans will be absolutely insufferable about this too. They'll be like, "Oh, he was so terrible, and now he's good." And it's like, well, yeah, but his entire history was that he wasn't this yeah. player. You just saw the crappy Jackie Bradley Jr. and didn't get to see the good one, and now you're seeing <laughs> who he actually is. So. I mean, baseball reference is right there, guys. You can go look at it. Like, it's not lying about what he's done in the past. It has his whole history there, you know, 119 OPS plus, 118, 89, 92, 89, 116. Like, there's a, a track record of history here. It didn't just disappear. So. Yeah, I, th- I think he'd probably be that pick just based on how much he's been maligned this year. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pull for that. So. All right. Uh, Jesse Gennigan has a question. He's asking, will the Brewers be the NL representative in the World Series? And if not, who will they lose to? Ryan, no hedging. It's bold predictions time. I've been saying this for months now, right? They're going to be in the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I'm starting to come around to believe that, too. I, I just looking at how they've sort of just torn through the second half schedule without too much of worrying about anything they've beaten the very good teams that they've played you know all what seven games against the giants were excellent baseball games and they came mm-hmm. out ahead in a lot of them or should have won a lot of them should you have know, won they, even more than they did yeah exactly exactly and you know like i said they've consistently played the dodgers very well under craig council regardless of how good they've been as a team so i you know, that's another series that I'd feel actually pretty good about. So, I, and we need to preemptively warn people not to read anything into what goes on in that last weekend of oh, the, yeah. the year because neither, neither of those teams, neither yeah. team is going to be putting out their their best in that series. They're they're going to be playing possum there. So, read nothing into that series, <laughs> especially the last couple of games where you figure maybe the NL West is already decided. You know, once that division race is done for. I mean, the way it's going, it may be done before that. So the Giants seem to be pulling away here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't read it in that last series. That last series, it, it's going to be like that preseason football game where the teams play each other again very soon, and they're not going to show anything, or you know, like that Week Seventeen NFL where they know they're going to play them again in the wild card round. It's not going to be predictive of anything at all. So exactly. I, but both of those teams, you know, we we have the recent evidence that they've played very well against them. Uh, Atlanta, too, you know, they they kind of had a clunker of a series against them earlier in the year, but they kind of came back and, and played a really strong series the second time around. So, I mean, it's just the way the Brewers have been playing for the better part of, you know, two thirds of the season. Right. Best record in baseball since the Willie Adamas trade. And it, it it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Brewers might be considered one of the favorites there. And, you know, we've talked about it here too, you know, all the, the people asking giants and Dodgers writers and stuff, who do you not want to face? Mm-hmm. And they're all saying the Brewers. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that level of pitching that the Brewers have is really set up well for a postseason run. So when well, it's just, where's the hole in the team, 
Like, yeah. where's the weakness here with the Brewers? Because their lineup, I guess you could say the middle of their order, they don't have the the huge middle of the order slugger, the lineup anchor that some of these other teams have. They they don't have a Bryce Harper. Like, we know that. They, they don't have a, a Mookie Betts. They don't have that. Okay? Beyond that, uh, where's the hole? Because their lineup is pretty good top to bottom. They have a good bench. Uh, the bullpen is is very, very good. The rotation is obviously stellar and deep, good up front and in the back, like mm-hmm. just about everything. The the management is good. The The defense is great. Outstanding defense. Like they kind of check every box that you would look at, including a lot of those boxes that you would check if you're looking for like the postseason special sauce. They have experience. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. of the guys on this team have been in playoff races before hell they've won world series you have a world series champion and lorenzo Cain. like you have all of the pieces here where it just everything and the, the chemistry on the team is really good all right last couple of patreon questions here before we wrap things up for this week we have michael heitkamp who's asking which show did better numbers last <laughs> week fans hate listening to rae reporting as eligible or fans excited about the no hitter I'm Milwaukee's tailgate. I don't know if I have the numbers or if you looked up the numbers, Ryan. But so I don't have access to the RE numbers because Paul uh, runs that anchor account. So I I don't know. I'll I ask him when like I'm curious about what's going on. But now uh, I will say our numbers on this podcast have been down the last couple weeks from where they uh, peaked out in August, and I think it probably has to do with uh, football starting and school being back in session and all you know people's lives just generally getting a little bit busier this time of year so our numbers have been down a little bit from where they peaked in the summer yeah but also the brewers have kind of had things wrapped up for a couple of weeks so it's like eh, maybe we'll check in maybe we won't yeah i mean uh yeah. it's fine if you're if you're not listening still at this point even or you know whatever <laughs> that's that's fine but get your ass back here for the playoffs because yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna have some fun it'll be a lot so of fun let's do it You'll want to be here for the historic World Series run mm-hmm. that we just guaranteed, apparently. So mm-hmm. uh, there you go. But I will also say, uh, listening to that reporting as eligible episode post Saints debacle uh, was uh, always fun and entertaining. Matub brought his A game. He, he did. did. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, Matub was about four bourbons in, which he is was. about the way you have to do that show. Yeah. After watching a train wreck like that. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely worth uh, listening to that if, if you haven't already. And hopefully they have happier times post Detroit game. But if not, you know, maybe uh, Matub's going to need. Well, no. He, what did he say? He was just going to like walk. He was just going to be <laughs> yes. done. Yeah. No, yeah. The That's the year off. The season's done. They could go. Uh, 16 and 2 or whatever it is and and uh he he'd be 15 and 2 and he he wouldn't care mm-hmm. uh but yeah that you know hate listening to things is definitely underrated but uh, that that's where the entertainment lies i think so i i would not blame you all if that's the way you went all right uh last patreon question of this week we have philip schumacher Kind of asking a minor league question here, Ryan, for you. In what role do you think Aaron Ashby will start next season? So at the start of next year, is he an MLB starter, a triple A starter, or an MLB reliever? I think he's the MLB swing man to open next year. Now, it could be that they open up like an actual spot for him to start the season next year. That is definitely possible. But I think it's it's more than likely he just opens up as the MLB swing man. So Think of like what Brent Suter was a few years ago 
uh, mm-hmm. that that sort of thing. Okay. I think we could kind of see that too, but I, you know, if, if this goes along the Corbin Burns path, a lot of people are going to be excited to see him full, full bore, ready to go at the start of the season. Well, remember, they're going to want to ease his innings up. They're not going to want to have him be a, a, you know, 170, 180 inning guy next year, even if he's really, really good, just because they're still trying to work him up to that point. And everybody, they're they're being cautious with everybody because of the the weirdness that was 2020. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught this. You probably not because you don't listen to uh, uh, Effectively Wild. But they were talking about the fact that in the second half of this year, and especially like lately, there have been just an offensive explosion around baseball. And the theory is, is that basically pitchers are just kind of whooped at this point. Like they're yeah. just they're they're so far past where they did anything last year and so it's going to be interesting to see in the postseason this year if we have like a a, one of those weirdly anomalous postseasons like 2011 was that way where it was just an offensive Mm -hmm. explosion remember like the Brewers Mm -hmm. and Cardinals there was there was not a pitching duel to be had outside of weirdly when uh Randy Wolf shut them down yeah like aside from Randy Wolf like most of those games were slugfests and Mm -hmm. yeah so I'd kind of expect to see that sort of environment in this postseason again but we'll see we shall see indeed all right uh before we go we have some twitter questions to get to as well a reminder even though if you aren't a patron you can send us a question on twitter that's at mke tailgate there as well and we've got one from mcnam 003 we talked about jackie bradley jr and how he's probably the pick to be the orlando arcia unsung hero of the playoffs but will he get there? I guess the question is, is there a chance JBJ doesn't make the playoff roster, Ryan? So 003, does that mean he's like above James Bond in the pecking order or below? How does the whole numbering system? I don't know how the double O's go. I think it's, no. I, th- I always thought it was higher because he was like 007 and he had moved up to that point. Okay. From where he had been before. So, um, oh, there was a question here. Uh, there was. Is there a chance that Jackie Bradley Jr. doesn't make the playoff roster? Uh, McNam, there's always a possibility. But <laughs> I sense that maybe you're rooting for it, that that is what you hope happens. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that I think I'm almost positive that Jackie Bradley Jr. will be on the postseason roster, if for no other reason than to be a late-inning defensive replacement. Mm-hmm. Because... And the fact of the matter is you get 26 players on your postseason roster and you don't need that many pitchers in the postseason with all those off days. So mm-hmm. chances are good. They don't carry more than 12 pitchers. And if they carry 12 pitchers, that leaves uh, 14 spots for position players and 14 spots for position players. You would need six guys on the bench who can give you more than what Jackie Bradley Jr. does. And I just can't mathematically come up with six guys that would make more sense for them to carry than him off the bench i just i can't you know i can't get to that point i've done the counting and unless they want to do something crazy like uh bring luke malley in there so that uh they have the flexibility more flexibility with their uh catchers in late inning situations then sorry i i just don't see why they would leave him off plus it's it would be kind of like you 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 know, the guy's one of the highest paid players on the team and like has played a lot this year. And yeah, he he's really been bad 
uh, offensively, but he's also been really good defensively. So there's utility there. And it would just be kind of weird and rude. I don't know to not have him on the roster. <laughs> How rude. Like, no, I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like it, that stuff isn't supposed to matter, but it kind of does. And like, I mean, they probably have yeah. to have him on next year's team. Right. So <laughs> I think you're saying as like a generally well-liked and respected veteran in the clubhouse too. You don't want to piss off the other guys by keeping him off. But like, like, what are you going to do? Put Pablo Reyes on the roster instead of him? Like what? Please. No, no, come on. Let's keep Pablo out. Anyway, I, I think you're right. Like, T probably makes it just as a late-inning replacement, right? Like like you said, there's so many roster spots, and it's not like even if he's on the playoff roster, he's going to have to hit much, if at all, right? Like, you mm-hmm. could put him in once you're pretty well sure that, you know, Kane's spot is clear or or what have you. So, mm-hmm. I I, I'm not too terribly worried about it, and it's good to have that level of glove in the outfield as well. It's a huge part of what they do. The run prevention through defense is a huge part of what the Brewers do, and he has been integral to that this year. Yep. Yeah, and it's even more important in the playoffs. So I I, I don't see them keeping a good defender off the roster. I think you're right there. I mean, it could happen. Right. I don't want to say it's impossible, but I, I think he's on the roster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I guess we'll see in about a week's time. Uh, although I, I, I guess at this point next week we're going to be arguing over who is on the roster and who shouldn't be. But uh, we'll we'll have time to figure that out over the next couple of weeks here. Uh, that'll do it for questions this week. Uh, reminder, as always, as I said, at MKE Tailgate on Twitter, you can send questions there. Otherwise, you get that question priority on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash MKE Tailgate, two bucks a month. Uh, if you want to throw that our way, you get that question priority five bucks. You get the extra podcast content as well. Uh, and you also get a shout out when you, uh, sign up to become a patron. I don't think we have any new ones this week to shout out. Do we, Ryan? We do not. No. Uh, but that's okay. You can sign up and and be, uh, announced next week. How about that? Uh, also please do not forget to subscribe to our podcast, whether you're listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Casts, anywhere else, hit that subscribe button. You'll get that push alert to your phone when Ryan posts this episode every single week. And while you're there, please do leave us a rating and a review to help other people find us. Also, as always, the deal is five-star review and rating, and Paul will read whatever you put in that comment box there. Uh, So we'll save that for Paul when he's back next week, but also that added incentive as well and of course those five star ratings kind of help us get seen and kind of spread this out to to more folks so it really helps us out that way so you can uh show your support for us that way even if you don't have the few bucks to spare on patreon uh in the meantime thanks again everybody for listening uh we're heading into the home stretch here last week of the regular season coming up we will talk about it next time on milwaukee's tailgate